With low numbers of positive tests across the overwhelming majority of clubs, the Premier League continues to have full confidence in its COVID-19 protocols and being able to continue to play our fixtures as scheduled. The league wishes those with COVID-19 a safe and speedy recovery and will rearrange the postponed fixture between Tottenham Hotspur and Fulham in due course. On this episode of PLMPJ's Preseason Predictions and a mid-season synopsis. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And Jake, we say it every week. And by now, they should know what the dress code is. It is jammies. Jammies. Exactly. And I will say, I'm, I'm rocking a new pair of jammies today. Um, as a little oh. uh, Christmas gift from, from my dad, sponsoring the podcast, I got a nice pair of velvet pajama bottoms to wear that, wow. frankly, I mean, they're soft, they're comfortable, they're patterned. And really, it's possibly the best gift I could have received. It sounds amazing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited about it. Almost as excited as I was about the last match week, Jake. How excited were you about it? Because I, I can't really hear it in your voice. Well, if I had Can to put it like... on a if I had to put it on a scale of yeah. zero to incredibly excited, I'd probably put it at an eleven. Oh my gosh, I know yeah. exactly where that falls in that scale. <laughs> I uh, know most people do. And Brent, before you get into those results, um, I just want to let our listeners know that we are again in two different locations. You are home in Anchorage, and I am now in Denver. Um, so again, sad not to be together, but you know we persevere. Well, and the thing is, we only have one more episode after this where we will be separate, and then we'll be back in the same place again. And I cannot wait for that moment. Personally. I'm very much looking forward to it. So, yeah. Brent, let, let's go through the last couple matches. Yeah, we had two match weeks, technically, Ooh, in, these, in this lots past of matches. week. Uh, starting the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, some might say, um, to which I was confused about it being a boxing fight, you know, kind right. of a Floyd Mayweather kind of thing. Not the case. Turns out it's just a uh, British holiday. <laughs> but uh, on, on that day, we had a Everton victory over Sheffield, Man City beating Newcastle, Arsenal beating Chelsea 3-1, to a Southampton-Fulham 0-0 draw, Villa beating Palace, and a Man U-Leicester draw 2-2 with an own goal by Axel Tuanzebe off of Vardy shot in the 85th minute to, to bring about that result when maybe Man United thought they had it. After that, yeah. we had Leeds beating Burnley, West Ham drawing Brighton, Liverpool drawing 1-1 with West Brom and Wolves drawing Spurs 1-1. So a lot of uh, a lot of draws. A lot of that draw momentum we always talk about. Yeah, there there truly was. And uh Brent, can you let our listeners listeners know what time you woke up for that Man United last uh, Yeah, no, it was 3:30 a.m. And not only that, it was the day after Christmas. Um sure. I was pretty buzzed one of my friends actually a good very good family friend stayed over that night to watch the game in the morning and uh couldn't quite make it in the morning so i was the only one up out of four people who said they were committed to watch the game i watched it on my own at 3 30 in the morning very very drunk still um not not even your your loyal father b Rai. he was on the couch but he was asleep until about the 87th minute and then he woke up <laughs> so yeah it was a bit of a bummer, but I persevered. You know, I got through it. I watched it, and in the end, yeah. was let down, which was very unfortunate. Sure, sure. And uh, for that first match week that we're covering, would you say the biggest surprise was Arsenal? You know, I only am not saying West Brom as the biggest surprise because that was my surprise pick of the week. I saw that coming. Uh, yeah. What I did not see coming was Arsenal beating Chelsea convincingly. Three to one, yeah. With with just an eighty fifth minute goal from Tammy Abraham to make it maybe look a little bit more flattering for Chelsea. Well, and the missed penalty, but yes, uh, but a deserved win for yeah. Arsenal. No, that doesn't help. And I will say, 
towards the end of the game, the penalty happening around the 90th minute, when I saw Jorginho taking as much time as he was to take the penalty instead of being urgent, and then he did his little hop skip that, that he does, I just I had a feeling he wasn't going to score. I would have liked it if he did for purely making right. the game more entertaining and exciting. Sure. But I wasn't entirely surprised. And uh, Brent, when do you think the next time we're going to see Jorginho take a penalty? For uh, probably the next time. Really? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I can't imagine that they're going to take him off of it. Uh, I mean, who are you going to put on, Werner? Uh, I mean, if he's getting playing time at that point. But yeah, I, I just, he's, Jorginho's been pretty terrible the last, what, three or four penalties? Yeah, he's no, taken. he's struggled. He's struggled. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jake, along with that match week, we did have a fantasy result that week before we get into the next one. I want to say it sure, was bad. Sure, sure, sure. Um, we've had a bit of an injury crisis at the back. You could say, uh, it's been tough. It's been tough. And so for that match week, we were below average, 33 points, average 41, highest 110. Bruno got 12 points. Patrick Bamford got eight. But, uh, out of everything else, Jake, we struggled to get points. Our back line only got two. Fabianski got one. We left Suchek on the bench, who got 10. I mean, it was just a tough week. And, uh, in a week, I think I'd like to look past, if you're ready to move on, to the next week of fixtures. Brent, I'm very much ready, and I cannot wait to go over this list of fixtures that definitely was a full match week and did not have any postponements. Right, right, right. We're not missing. Just like the last match week uh, before it didn't... Or was that part of this one? The, uh... What game was canceled? It was Tottenham and Fulham today. Man City, Everton on Man Monday, City, which Everton, was part of this right. upcoming match week we're talking about. It sure was. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if that technically counted as the last match week, but... Speaking of which, Jake, on that Monday, December the 28th, Crystal Palace and Leicester drew 1-1, as did Chelsea and Aston Villa 1-1. Again, the draw momentum, it continues. After that, on Tuesday the 29th, we had Man United beating Wolves 1-0, Leeds beating West Brom 5-0, West Ham Southampton drawing 0-0, Burnley beating Sheffield, and Arsenal beating Brighton. And then after that, on Wednesday, December 30th, today, the day we're recording, we did have, like you said, a canceled game between uh, Tottenham and Fulham. But after that, we had a Liverpool draw nil-nil with Fulham. So back-to-back draws for uh, for Liverpool in their title hunt. And Brent, is it fair to say that that was the surprise of the midweek? I think that's very fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, almost maybe more surprising as Everton having no clue about Man City's COVID issues and and just being alerted, you know, an hour before the game that they weren't going to play. That was probably equally surprising. <laughs> I'm sure that they were quite surprised at that, and maybe not the best way to handle things, but, you know, it happened, and, uh, you know, Tottenham got canceled as well, and I'm not sure if you saw the Mourinho Instagram post about it. I didn't. Uh, yeah, it was a video of him and the team and the coaches, like, waiting and, uh, one of their rooms at the stadium, and it said, we play in four hours and still have no idea if we're actually going to play. Best league in the world. Yeah, no, and that is frustrating. Um, but what's <laughs> not frustrating, Jake, is with the end of match week 16, uh, we actually were above average in fantasy again, even with really? zero points from our defensive line. Yeah. you love to see that. Yeah, Fabianski, eight points. Zaha with 14 Bamford with eight. Again, even with zero from Kane. What's what's interesting, Jake, is it seems like the Premier League automatically dropped some players or something like that because I was texting you beforehand that I had forgotten to adjust the lineup and you were you, you were upset. It has to be said. Um, right. But for some reason, it's been switched to where even though Vestergaard and Gabriel are still in the team, Chilwell's in the team for Reese James, Son's out of the team, and they threw in Suchek even though we didn't start him. Um, it, oh. It's like because of the canceled games they made some adjustments if that makes sense um so it's just kind of interesting Uh, yeah but even without that what's interesting is we still would have been above average because the average is only 25 points with the highest being 95 with a bench boost uh so so maybe that's uh maybe that's why hmm well that's fun yes we would have been above average regardless that's the thing yeah Yeah, that's what's important we 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 still had a good week but 
Uh, again, Jake, as we often say, we're not the only ones that had a good week this week. Who else had a good week, Brent? I, I'm dying to know. Well, I think there's a comprised, uh, maybe even a combined list of 11 players who are sponsored by an American company that creates masks with a clear front. Maybe a little bit wider now. Huh. Maybe uh, anti-fog technology. Uh, you know, maybe to help the the deaf and, and anybody else who may be audially impaired. Jake, uh, c- can you think of this company that I'm describing? Brent, it really sounds like you're talking about Smile Mask. That's it. That's the one. You're spot on. Yeah. <laughs> so and as Jake. Per- yeah. Oh, no. I was just going to say, check out their Instagram at Smile Mask USA. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to cut you off mid-sentence, but, uh, no, you know, they're, they're still going around. They're, they're still making masks, and, and it's really a very positive company that, that really we all should check out. And, and I'm excited for us to maybe get some uh, donated to us, you know, for all the advertising that, we've been doing. That would be great. Uh, we, we do plug them every week. Um, great company, as we said. But, you know, we, we wouldn't mind, you know, we scratch their back, they scratch ours. Right. We, we get a mask or two. But we're not gonna we're not gonna ask flat out, you know. Whatever. Sure, sure. No, that Doesn't that's not matter. classy. Um, so Brent, I believe I took the keeper and defense you last sure week. If if you want to start out with that, and maybe I could take over at some point in the midfield. Yeah, no, Jake. I think probably what'll happen is I'll do the goalkeeper and defense, and maybe you just take the midfielders and forward since uh, we've got a bit of an interesting formation this week. Looking at it, I think that makes perfect sense. So I think it uh, makes a lot off. of sense. Yeah. So first off, we're going to say Darlow from Newcastle in goal against Liverpool, four saves, and frankly just played great in a nil-nil draw against Liverpool. I mean, you can't really ask for more out of your goalie. Uh, people might say, oh, you guys are snubbing other goalies. Uh, you know, whatever. We're not. Darlow was Brent, the best goalkeeper this week, I think. Brent, on the Darlow note, I want to say yes. that it was his first clean sheet at home in three years. Wow. And it was, I believe, Liverpool's first time not scoring this year. I believe that that second one is correct. I, I didn't know the first one, but that's fantastic news. And even more yeah. reason, even more validation for why he should be our goalkeeper this week. Yeah, no, I think it's a great little statistic. I know you like those little fun facts, so I thought I I'd uh, surprise, surprise you with one. No, you did. You surprised me with the funnest fact that I've heard mm-hmm. today. Um, but after that, we had Ben Mee in match week 16 against... Uh, Sheffield, again, coming from Burnley, Ben Mee, uh, who had the game winner against Sheffield. It came in the 32nd minute, but outside of that, also just looked very solid, played very well. Um, sure. But what we do have after that is another defender who scored maybe just as important of a goal, Ajayi from West Bromwich Albion, one goal against Liverpool off a corner kick, and I want to say it was the 82nd minute? And not only that, yeah, it's exact, that's exactly what it was. I just checked it. Um, came from that guy, Matthias Pereira, I once plugged as to be the player to watch. He did assist on that <laughs> corner kick, so I just wanted to throw that in there. But Ajayi, Is that redemption I mean, for I, that one No, not really, <laughs> but it makes me feel better that he did something well now, you know, weeks down the line. Um, sure. After that, Jake, we're going to have Elioski from Leeds, who scored an absolute screamer against West Bromwich Albion. Again, they won 5-0. So it was always likely that a Leeds player, or at least, you know, a defender from Leeds was going to be in this team, but specifically Elioski for that goal. Uh, that was incredible. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I think, believe off his left foot and mm-hmm. just hit that inside of the right bar and went in and uh, overall just had a good game on that side of the field playing uh, yeah. defensively. No, he absolutely did. And then our last one, Jake, uh, we, we were a little bit, between two choices, Frederico Fernandez and Fabian Scher. Uh, in the defense for Newcastle against Liverpool in this nil-nil draw, we opted for mm-hmm. Fabian Scher, who we just felt performed a little bit better. Both played great. Again, holding Liverpool scoreless is, is just impressive on its own because even even with the injury troubles that they had, uh, or at least have had this season, they still have Salah, they still have Mane, they still have Firmino. Uh, and, and the ability for the Newcastle back line to hold into a a uh, clean sheet is just, I mean, that's deserving of some recognition. Yeah, and I think both of those defenders deserve some recognition, but I think we only had a spot for one of them right? Um, on this team of the week. And I think uh, without Cher, and I think 
Liverpool will get one of those goals because he had almost, we could call it, goal line clearance. And then one or two interceptions where it looked like the pass was going to find a open uh, striker and slot home. So I think I think he played a more important role in the final moments before the goal. I sure. think uh, Fernandez played uh, great as well and should be noted. Um, but yeah, I stick by our decision. Well, perfect. All right, Jake. Well, if you want to take the midfield and the forward after that, I would um I would love it if you did that. Wow. Um. You know, Brent, I I would be so honored. Uh, <laughs> we are gonna start our team with. Or our midfield with El Ghazi from Aston Villa, who had a goal, four shots on goal, and two key passes in that 3 0 victory over Crystal Palace. And overall, just uh, looked like a midfield general, if you will, uh, like during that. That, that game that included a red card. So uh, Villa played with 10 men for a while, and I still think they looked so dominant. Um, moving on, we have Bukayo Saka from Arsenal, who had that maybe fortunate goal. Um, don't tell him that. He's going to tell you that he saw the keeper off his line and he chipped it over him. Uh, we'll give him the benefit sure. of the doubt. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, played very solid along that right side for Arsenal against Chelsea, and that 3-1 victory was just astounding, and I think someone on that team deserved some recognition, and I think if we had to pick one, it would be... Saka. Um, next, we have Suchek from uh, West Ham, who had that headed goal, which may be a little fortunate because it took a deflection into his head and then went in, but he was there. He had the noggin at the right height, and uh, he got that, I believe, equalizer. I think it ended 2-2. Um, but, yeah, he also won eight aerial duels in that game, which is, I mean, not, nothing special for him because he does that every week because he's You're just right, he a does. Huge, huge aerial threat. Um, but compared to everyone else, it was astounding numbers. Uh, next we have Jack Harrison from Leeds, who had the goal in, this, uh, in the game yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, 5-0 victory. So a lot, lot of people to choose from on in that game for Leeds. Unfortunately, we couldn't find anyone who was compounding stats with goals and assists. Um, so we had to make a decision, and we chose Jack Harrison because of those, of that goal and some t- two key passes, and it just looked sharp overall. Don't you agree? Uh, Jake, I absolutely agree. Uh, I, th- I think it would have been a shame to leave him out, is, is what I'll have to say about it. Not too sure about his haircut. I've never been a fan of it. Was a fan of his when he played for the, in the MLS, but... Uh, sure. You know, everyone's going for the man bun these days, it seems. Well, except us. <laughs> um, and then rounding off our midfield, we have Bruno Fernandes, who had a goal and assist in that draw against Leicester. We can overlook that loss of possession that led to a Leicester goal. Yeah, I was going it, to... It is a little bit of a caveat. Uh, I did say to you, uh, you know, his stats and his performance would say he deserved a spot. But it sure. was his error that led to the Leicester goal. So, you know, do with that what you will, but we decided to include him in the Team of the Week anyway. Right, and I don't, I don't think you guys, being uh, United, get two goals if he's not on the field there. So 100%. We don't really get any goals if he's not on the field. So Yeah, so I uh, think he has solidified his spot in this Team of the Week. And last but not least... Our sole forward, which we were between a couple people, um, Ollie Watkins' name got thrown around. Uh, we ended up deciding on Bertrand Traore, who is an attacking midfield wing forward esque. He's really a player. Renaissance man up top. A Renaissance you know, man. Know. There you go. Who uh, had a very slow start to the season. Um, d- didn't really hear him much. But last couple games, he's been playing great, and especially uh, uh, the one over the weekend. He had a, a goal and three key passes, and I believe he struck the crossbar once. So he, he was definitely yeah. a threat in that game, and uh, I think he deserves to be the forward on this uh, 4-5-1 we're rocking. Yeah, no, and I like I like the, and I know I've said it before, but I like when we vary the formation like we're doing now. 
uh, I think it just makes it more interesting, you know, rather than just having a standard 4-3-3 or 4-4-2 every week that we, you know, we like to highlight different areas of the field every week. And I would say this week was specifically dominated by midfielders and wingers. Yeah, and this way we try not to snub people as much as possible. Right. Right, right, right. And honestly, if, if we went, if we just threw soccer formations out the window and just did people who had good weeks, I think we end up with a 5 5. And we, and we add uh, Most likely, Fernandez yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. And, and hey, yeah. maybe that's a formation to consider going forward into the future. You know, who knows? Sounds like a Mourinho Park the Bus formation. It really does. And he would love it. He would love it. Um, but speaking of Mourinho, Jake, um, you, know, you know, he's the coach at Tottenham and. And we made some predictions about Tottenham and other teams at the start of this year in our first episode Did we? about where we thought certain teams would be in regards to the mm-hmm. top six and the bottom three. And it's the end of the year. Uh, we're coming up on halfway through the season. And I thought, we thought, maybe this would be a good time to reflect on where we were right and, and where we were wrong, Jake. Yeah, and... Uh... I'm looking forward to sections of this review and uh, not so much other parts that I have gotten pretty much terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, it's good to reflect and see where we are. I mean, we're not like halfway or anything, but it's the right. end of the year, and I think it just was a fitting time to review. Yeah. We, yeah, it's a very we, natural we might take, process. Oh, definitely. We might do some sort of other review at the exact halfway point of the year mm-hmm. but for now I, I think we should just look at our preseason predictions yeah and jake uh, i just want to remind everybody what the top six looks like before we get into it liverpool in first united in second leicester in third everton fourth villa fifth and chelsea sixth currently as it stands so jake maybe if you could uh tell us what your or just remind us what your preseason first week in top six prediction was of course brent um i picked liverpool to repeat as champions and as we see they're currently top of the table i know there's game in hands and stuff such but uh uh currently sitting number one um my second i had chelsea and then i had manchester city in third united in fourth i had my spurs in fifth and i had lowly arsenal as predicted to be sixth and and that one's looking tough, Jake. I will say my top six was Chelsea winning the league, who since I, w- I just want to say since they went top of the league, I believe it was on December 5th, they've only won one game. So they really yeah, crumbled not, under not the great. pressure. Yeah, mm-hmm. in second place I had City. Uh, and then in third I had Liverpool. Fourth, Manchester United. Fifth, Tottenham Hotspur. And sixth, I had Everton. So I will say, while I didn't get the positioning right, I am glad that I included Everton in the top six. I sure. saw them doing well this year. Obviously, they're currently in fourth. They're do- they're outperforming what I thought. Obviously, Jake, you have to say the biggest surprise is Villa. Uh, not only sitting in fifth place with 26 points, but with two games in hand now. Uh, you know, th- they presumably are in second place if they win those two games. And, uh, Brent, we definitely saw that coming. We definitely did not put them in our bottom yeah. three at the beginning of the year. I didn't do that. Uh, Jake, no. but but I just want to ask, who was in your bottom three if Villa definitely wasn't in it? <laughs> um, well, I just want to say before we get into the bottom three, uh, just a little caveat. I did later in the first episode say I thought Everton would be seventh. Um, so I, I would could not, I might not be far off at the end of the season, but I just wanted sure. to just put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, my bottom three, I had Aston Villa, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. as 18th. I had Fulham in 19th, and I had West Brom in 20th. Um, so, obviously, two of those three might be somewhat accurate. One of them, not really close. <laughs> yeah, no, Jake, mine was Palace in 18th, Villa in 19th, and West Brom in 20th. And we just, I think neither of us could have ever seen Sheffield well. We were right about them dropping off this year, not even winning a single game so far, which is just tough to see. I think West Brom's about where everybody would have thought they'd be. Mm -hmm. Eight points after 16 games, minus 24 goal differential, only one win. I mean, I would have seen that coming, and I would have thought that would have been last place form, relegation form. Uh, I, I don't think either of us clearly could have predicted that Villa would be sitting at eight wins, two draws, four losses with 26 points. 
with only 14 games played. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a bit of a wacky season. I will say Crystal Palace is edging closer and closer to the relegation zone week sure. by week. They started off hot. They got some big points early. You know, the general number that people think of is 30. That's what you need to stay up. And I will give Crystal Palace credit at already being at 19, and they would really have to tank hard the rest of the season to, to right. go down. Um, whereas we're seeing a uh, team like Brighton with only 13 points so far. Yeah, Brent, I would say looking at our bottom threes, you, you take out Aston Villa, obviously, because that's not mm-hmm. going to happen. You add Sheffield, with, which neither of us saw coming. We both have West Brom in there, which we can probably agree that's going to happen. Um, so you, you have Sheffield and West Brom as your bottom two, most likely, at the end of the year. And then you have a couple, a handful of names in there, uh, including Fulham and maybe not as much Crystal Palace. Um Sure. And then he said Brighton. Burnley looked better, um, so I think Oh, they are in incredible okay. form. Keep in mind, yeah. they were 19th just a few weeks ago. Yep. So uh, I think that third spot is what we're going to be really looking at. I, I know some years um, it's either a solid bottom three, you kind of know from the beginning, or it's like the there's the 18th and 19th spot can also be up for grabs. But I think mm-hmm. for, for this season, I think 19th and 20th are going to be – West Brom and Sheffield, and then 18th. Uh, I think there's maybe three teams it could be. All right, so you don't see Sheffield picking up form anytime soon? Not enough to get them out of the box. I mean, they, okay. they could overtake West Brom and get 19th. I, I wouldn't count that out for sure, but um, right. I think they're, they're going to be relegated. I think that's the end of the story. All right, all right. I like it. I like the confidence. I hate it for Sheffield because they were so good last sure. year, but... Man, oh man, they're not performing, and it kind of seems as if they've dug too big of a hole to get out of at this point, I will say that. And, um, you know, Jake, speaking of digging holes, I dug myself in one with my Golden Glove prediction at the start of the year. I thought Jordan Pickford (laughs) would not be a team of the season quality goalie, but would come up with quite a few clean sheets this year, and all I have to say about that pick now is yikes. Yeah. Brent, that would that would be my one word description of it, and I will say that was probably my same description of it when you picked it preseason. Yeah, uh, I I had no faith in you, and it turned out at least so far that 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 no faith was uh, rightfully placed. Yeah, no, and and I know I gave my rationale earlier on on like oh you know I thought their system was good when he conceded they concede a lot. Not only has he conceded a lot and not gotten a lot of clean sheets, I could have never seen that he would split time with Robin Olsen. Um, that was not something yeah. I saw coming this year. I watched Robin Olsen at uh, Roma, wasn't particularly impressed, didn't think he'd really be challenging Pickford for the starting spot, but boy was I wrong. And, uh, you know, it would take an incredible turnaround for him to somehow capture the Golden Glove this year. But, Jake, would you not uh, mind terribly reminding us of who your Golden Glove pick was? Uh, my Golden Glove pick was Ederson, and I believe he has six or seven and is sitting in second. Uh, yeah, that's correct. So uh, I'm not – I mean, I, I still feel confident. I think, especially with City's slow start, that he could definitely um, pick up a, a good amount of clean sheets and maybe mm-hmm. even win that Golden Glove. I'm not sure he's going to win or make it to the team of the year. Or team of the season, I think it's going to be somewhere someone like McCarthy or uh, Martinez, but I think he he has a chance of winning that Golden Glove. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, it is surprising to see that many clean sheets and see that Man City are in eighth place. But I will remind you know the audience and you that Man City also have two games in hand right now. So if anything, Ederson's clean sheet statistic, you know, per game is actually really solid right now. Yeah, and uh, I think he's only one behind whoever's in first, and so if he gets a clean sheet in mm-hmm. one of the two games in hand, uh, he he's right at the top. Absolutely, and uh, Jake, we're we're gonna move on then to Golden sure. Boot. Who was your Golden Boot prediction at the start of the year? Um, I I predicted a tie at the top, and I thought it was going to be Harry Kane and Timo Werner, mm-hmm. which uh, Kane I did not expect to have the assist production as he has been having. Um, and Timo Werner, I didn't expect him to 
forget how to shoot in front of net. So. That is tough, isn't it? I mean, nobody could have seen that coming. The man's only got yeah. four goals this season. Right. Um, and I think his ex- expected goal tally is somewhere like six or seven. So Yeah. No, he's, he's missed some key chances for sure. But I, that did remind me that you and I felt similarly in that race, and I too picked Harry Kane. And he only, I mean, he has nine goals still. The leader is Mohamed Salah at 13. Uh, I mean, it's not like he's that far off, but it's not looking likely that he will win the Golden Boot. And I feel like Salah has been a quietly sneaky, you know, 13 goals. It's just not being talked about like it was in seasons past. Right. Um, I'm not, I guess I can't pin why that is, um, but it has seemed very quiet. Like, I don't know, maybe there just haven't been great goals and people aren't talking about it a lot, but right. that's a that's a great tally at this time of the year. Oh, absolutely, 13 yeah. goals under your belt. 13 goals um, in 16 games, anybody would take that production. But yeah, I, I would, in my opinion, I think... I'm not sure if anyone's going to beat him this year. Just at this looking at this point, I mean, unless Tottenham really pick it up and Kane or Son really take off, I think he has it. He's I don't think he's going to be caught by DCL or Bamford or yeah. Hardy. No, and so. and I and I think that's spot on, Jake. I think and you know what? I think you're great, honestly. I th- I think that was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I love that Thank analysis. Um, did you like the energy I just gave you? there did you feel good about it yeah no i'm pretty i'm pretty hyped now so okay good uh, good 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 please like uh, it must any, be the anytime you talking. feel like and hi- any, any, maybe but uh anytime <laughs> you feel like hyping me up again please do because it really no, invigorated me and i'm ready to like climb a mountain or something wow that's crazy that's too bad it's winter you know i mean that might be tough um but that being said jake uh speaking yeah. of tough picks sure. um we had some tough ones this season and at the start of the season, we gave a team of the season prediction. We did. And we're giving, we're doing ourselves a favor, really. We we both had some tough picks for it, like I said. And we're going to mm-hmm. give ourselves a change. Jake, would you mind getting more into that? Yeah, so we picked our predicted team of the season at the beginning of the season. And one thing I will say is we both picked Virgil van Dyke. We did. Um, who, who, as if you follow the Premier League at all, is out for the season with a nasty leg injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, so that's, I guess, it's going to even it out for both of us because we, we both picked him, so there's no harm done there. Um, so, and then we, some, we weren't happy with some of our picks other than that. Um, specifically, mine was Nathan Ake. Uh, because I picked him before they signed Ruben Diaz. Um, so that was a bummer. And I know, Brent, I believe you're unhappy with your Aubameyang pick. I am. It's funny that you say that. And I do remember when I picked my team this season, I was a little, I was a little tipsy when I made it, I will admit. Sure. Um, and I picked Kane as my golden boot winner and left him out of team this season, which you promptly right. called out. Just like I you did. called out, which which I will say the Pickford snub from the team of season that i made was mainly because i didn't have a ton of confidence in him it was kind of like covering myself it was sure oh sure, i'm gonna pick sure. him to win the golden glove but then i'll pick you, allison you, to be you hedged your bets for goalkeeping exactly um however i didn't do that for striker um i genuinely didn't know if while kane was going to score a lot of goals how far separated he was going to be from the other strikers uh, whether it was going to be you know a one goal difference or you know a few tied at the same, I sure. didn't know if he was going to you know extend himself past that, and I didn't know how Tottenham were going to do. But with how poorly Aubameyang has performed this year, I'm going to make that sub Aubameyang out and Harry Kane, and I'm leaving in an injured Virgil Van Dijk. That's how confident I am that Aubameyang will not turn his form around and earn a team of the season spot uh, at the end of the year. Right, and Brent, I would have been a little upset if you used your one swap on Van Dyke when you know that I have him as well. Uh, I thought it was like a right. gentleman's agreement not to swap him. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a great switch. Um, unfortunately, I used mine on uh, Ake, and I, I'm keeping Aubameyang, yeah. who I also have um, in my in my team. So hopefully Arsenal turn it around and he gets some goal productions. Um would be tough to see him in the team of the season, I think, at yep. this point. But uh, it, it, anything's possible, Brent. It, Jake, um, you said, I, I just want to say, you said a key term yeah. in that sentence. 
you said team of the season at this point. And that was a perfect transition into our next segment, I think. Uh, I, I'd like to, uh, I'd like you to keep sure. going on that. Yeah. Um, we have picked, selected, 11 players um, in a almost perfect formation um, that we think deserve to be mentioned as team of the season quality. Granted, we're on, what, match week 16? Mm-hmm. What are we on? Yeah. So we're, we're not quite halfway, but uh, I think if we look at the games played so far as a whole, uh, we, we find ourselves with a, with a certain uh, top 11 that we have put together. And Brent, uh, do you want to go through part of that first, or do you want me to start? Yeah, I absolutely can. Um, in goal, we have singled out McCarthy from Southampton as our goalkeeper. Now, there have been multiple great goalkeeping performances so far this season i think um we could have put in martinez from aston villa who has been great but frankly edward mendy from chelsea probably deserves a shout but we thought that mccarthy was the best so far um not only i I realize the team position has dropped down the table a bit they're now sitting in ninth place with with full games played but to this start of the season I think that McCarthy has been the best. Um, again, I, I, I went back and forth on Martinez with Aston Villa just because of where they are in the table. But, you know, we, we chose McCarthy, and, and that's the end of the story. So uh, don't argue with me. Wow, okay. I, I, I will not. Yeah. Um, and Brent, I, I love that you did that because I think after each position, we should go through the honorable mentions just, just so yeah. we can maybe – List a few names that deserve some mentioning. Sure. Um, do you, I, I, you know, I'm just going to go for yeah, it. I'm going to go, go through it. our go. defense. So uh, for our defense, we actually have two left backs, but we, we played them on opposite sides just because we thought that there's a lot of good left backs so far and maybe not as many uh, right backs. Sure. Uh, and so the first one we picked was Andy Robinson from Liverpool, who has just been great so far and has the numbers to back it up. But also, we wanted to mention Ben Chilwell, who has been very great for Chelsea in that new transfer and um, found himself on the score sheet as well as getting some assists. And so you love mm-hmm. to see that. And uh, so those are two left backs that we have at left back and right back. Um, I would like to honorably mention Luca Digne, uh, who is injured right now, but has had a great start to the season so far. Yeah. Um, any other left backs or right backs? You know, Jake, I was going to say just a few. James Justin from Leicester has been very good this year. Not necessarily sure. a standout team of the season quality performer. Jao Cancelo has been pretty solid, consistent for Manchester City. I think he deserves a shout, as does Kyle Walker-Peters. I was, I was about to say, Kyle Walker-Peters, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think those ones specifically stand out. And, and as well as Leeds, if just personally, I think that Alioski in defense uh, deserves a lot. Okay. He's, he's been great for them. Uh, not necessarily was in our conversation, but I think he has been very good this season. Sure. Maybe a recency bias from him being in our team of the week. but uh, Possibly, but but he has been very <laughs> solid this season when I've watched him, I believe. Sure, sure. No, no, I'm just, I'm just making fun of you. No, you're pissed. Uh, I am super pissed. But yeah, and then uh, we decided on two center backs, uh, which there were a handful to choose from. But we chose Kurt Zuma from Chelsea and Vestergaard from Southampton. And mm-hmm. I believe that those two are the most deserving center backs. Um, and I know that there's been a handful, of, like Fofana, you could say, mm-hmm. uh, could be on this Even list. Even Bednarek, you know, from Southampton. Sure, I mean, between yeah, the both Southampton. But I, I think um, if we had to narrow it down to two, which we do for this team of the team this season so far, um, I think Vestergaard and Zuma are the two that stand out to me. I mean, Ben Mee is another name I can throw out who had a good year so far, maybe a recency mm-hmm. bias as well. Uh, Saiz, but even looking so like a Thiago Silva, you know, sure, uh, he, he's Silva. been huge for their defense so far at Chelsea. Right. Um, so, so I think there were definitely names that were left out, but again, we only had 11 people to choose. Yeah. Right. Uh, you, you have to make some tough choices, and uh, we cut some players out that maybe deserved uh, to be there. But I think, you know, we uh, I think we made the right selections at the end of the day. 
Yeah, I think so too. And and we had more right selections, I think, Jake. And that would be in our midfield. Uh, Please, we yeah. have Son Heung-min from Tottenham Hotspur, Bruno Fernandez from Manchester United, Jack Grealish from Aston Villa, and Mohamed Salah from Liverpool. And again, people left out. We talked about John McGinn from Aston Villa. Kevin De Bruyne has been solid so far, but he sets a, sets such a high standard for himself that uh, you know, if right. anything, he'd possibly be underperforming this year. Uh, and, and outside of that, though, I didn't really feel like we missed anybody. Um, I mean, I'd like to mention like Suchek and maybe sure. Hoybier playing those like more holding defensive right. mid positions, so you, you don't get those stats. Um, Romeo even for Southampton. Um, I think the all those players have had good seasons, but just not good enough to be on this uh, right. team of the season so far. I will say, Brent. The person that we debated the most was Mohamed Salah, who was the top of the golden boot. Mm-hmm. But we, we talked about earlier how he's been a sneaky 13 goals. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like we couldn't... Oh, Mason Mount, I want to say, for midfield is someone... We, we did talk about Mason for. Mount. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, there, there were definitely snubs. I mean, that's the whole point is you have to narrow... If Salah wasn't top of the golden boot race, like if he had 11 goals like everybody else, I probably sure. wouldn't have put him in there. And I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Um He's had he's had a good above average season, um, and to his standards, maybe maybe not as great as he could be, and that's just because he's a world class player who we've mm-hmm. seen be even far better than he is this year, which is hard to say because he's at the top of the Golden Boot race. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, at the end of the day, he deserved to be in there, um, but that might just be on statistics alone and not just based on his overall presence sure. on the team. And Jake, um, if you want to take the forwards, go for it. Oh my goodness, you're you're giving me eight, and you're doing two. Oh wait, no, you're just kidding. You did the you did no, the wingers I did the as, as 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 midfield. Just kidding. Sorry, I I put Son and Salah as forwards, so that's why. Well, I'm you, you shouldn't have, because I took them. No, I'm I'm the silliest person in the world. Um, and on that's that true. note, um, the most English person in the world, Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, Captain England is leading our charge for the forwards. And alongside him, also English, Dominic Cavett-Lewin. Um, two fantastic starts to the year, I'll say. Kane, assist-wise. Uh, DCL getting on the goal sheet more than anyone else in the first, what, five games? Mm-hmm. And I think they've continued their form enough to earn their spots on this team. Obviously, I would actually say both of them last, what, two, three games have not yeah. looked great. Um, but I think if you average out from the beginning of the year to now, I think they still deserve to be on this team of the year. I think so, so too. And, and we definitely snubbed people like Patrick Bamford, Jamie Vardy, uh, even Callum Wilson has eight goals so far this season. But I think they're the two standout, especially Kane with his assist tally um, and sure. what Dominic Calvert-Lewin means to the team for Everton. Uh, I, I think they have to be a part of it. And frankly, I mean, Everton wouldn't be where they are without him. The next closest goal scorer is Hummes Rodriguez with three for Everton. So, so I think for importance to the team, DCL has to be in there. And uh, Brent, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Um, and I, I hate to put you on the spot because we didn't talk about this mm-hmm. at all. But if we look at the other side of things, is there one goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, and one striker or forward that you think we could uh, figure out that is the most disappointment of the year so far? Well, it's tough for me, Jake, to do the goalkeeper, and I'll say I'm inclined to say uh, Sam Johnstone from West Brom because they've conceded 24, or they they just have a negative 24 goal differential so far this season. Right. Uh, But it's not like he's played poorly. I know the own goal for West Brom against Tottenham was bad, but... um, you know, and then that, that same note, I tend to think somebody like Ramsdale from Sheffield uh, has been disappointing so far this season. But, you know, I, I think I got to go with Sam Johnstone just because of the number of goals they concede. It's not all his fault, but, but right, at the end right, of the day, right. you know, negative 24 goal differential 16 games through the season is tough. Um, yeah. No, that that is a tough number to look at. Um, I will say yeah. one of the people that came to mind who you don't think about much anymore is Keppa because he lost his right. spot so soon as the, as the season started. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think the people that you listed as well could could be our uh, disappointments of the season so far. Sure. Uh, what about you, Jake? Uh, Do you have a goalkeeper? I, I I agree with yours, and uh, and then my my next one was Keppa. Uh, that was okay. on the, the top of my head. Um, defenders. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Defenders. Um, you know. You know what I will say, Jake is. Um, it's somebody who isn't necessarily supposed to be a world beater, but has a lot of promise and that a lot of people talked about at the start of the season. And for me, it's going to be Tariq Lamptey. Really? Uh, yeah, it's. I think he's a very promising player. I really like him, and I enjoy watching him. But when I think about his production this year, sure, he really hasn't done that much. Um, he, I, I believe, and and I'm checking it right now. The Brighton only have one clean sheet this season, and and he is part. I mean, he's an attacking fullback, but he's still part of the defense, and that is what it is. Um, only one assist, two ch- big chances created this season. Um, right. only four accurate crosses this season. It's just I mean, he's just he's letting me down a little bit. Not to mention that he's gotten a red card and been injured. So so it's not so much that he's been so bad as much as I expected a lot more, and and I've been disappointed by that. Sure, and uh, I I definitely see that. Um, I will say. The first person I thought of originally was going to be Harry Maguire just because of his start to the season. Did right. not look good at all. Um, I will say he has turned it around. Um, I want to give him credit. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that analysis that you just said. And uh, I, th- I think I, maybe we can agree on Lamptey maybe. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's fine with me. Sure. Um, um, yeah, and then I assume you still want to do a midfielder and a forward as well. Yeah, please, please, please. Jake, my midfielder, and it's by nobody's fault, is Thomas Party. By nobody's he has been fault, is it? So good when he's been playing, and it's sure. not his fault that he's been injured and out. But if there's a team that needed a star midfielder right now, it's Arsenal, and Party is that midfielder for them, and he hasn't been able to play. I mean, it's. It's disappointing this season purely because of his few appearances when he is so good and clearly so important to the team. It's just unfortunate and disappointing is what I would say. Brendan, I'd have to agree with that. Um, I've mentioned a few times that he's like the missing piece in the midfield for Arsenal and the fact that he's been out so much is a bummer. But yeah, tough tough to put that on him because of injury though. Right, and and that's the thing. That's what I say. It's nobody's fault. I mean... He's right. getting hurt, whatever. Um, but Arsenal could really use his presence in the midfield right now. And so I've just been left a little disappointed that he's been out so much. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. And uh, I will say my midfield disappointment is Kai Havertz at Chelsea. Sure. I think specifically in the Premier League, he has not really shown up. Um, I understand he's been good in other competitions, um, at least better than he has been in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But I really expect, expected more from him, and I think he's really underperformed. All right. Uh, and I will say, uh, I was close to saying Kevin De Bruyne, but his stats uh, are still tough. good. He's just... Yeah, seven It's assists, so underperforming really for that, his sure. standard. You know, that's, okay. what's, that's what's a bummer. And Brent, I just picked Kai Havertz of Chelsea for a midfield, and I think we m- might be able to agree at least on one person for a forward as... Right. Uh, Timo Werner kind of being a disappointment with all those missed opportunities. Right. I will also throw out the name Aubameyang um, if you have a problem with that. Jake, I was going to pick those two as I started thinking about it, but I'm going to throw mm-hmm. you a name that might disappoint you, Gareth Bale. <laughs> okay, that is the name. Has been a huge disappointed, just disappointment to me so far this season, that the hype around him sure. coming back. He is a world-class player. He but is. in his first game back, I mean, missing a sitter, and then they ended up tying against West Ham. Uh, it's he's only got one goal on the season in the league. Uh, yeah, he he has been disappointing to me because when I saw that he was coming back, and I thought Son, Kane, Bale, I thought that's dynamite. That's going to be so yeah. prolific. That's going to be so good. That's a title-winning front line. And he just, I mean, he can barely get time in the team. He doesn't look great when he's in the team, and he's at least from my opinion very much underperformed so far. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I, I think um, fitness issues, definitely a problem. Um, but that is part of the under, 
performing. So I think we, we can agree on that being a yeah. disappointment so far. Uh, not sure. He, he has another injury right now, so I'm not sure we're going to see much more of him throughout the rest of the season. I think he might continue to disappoint. But, you know, as a Spurs fan, I would love to see him uh, be a regular in the starting 11 and uh, get some uh, goals sure. and assists. But uh, maybe I'm the optimist, you know. Yeah, I think you might be. And, Brent, we spent a lot of time on these uh, recaps, and I would like to move forward to our Match Week 17 preview if you don't have a problem well, with that. Well, it is what you look forward to most when you get to read it. It, it really is, and my heart's yeah. pounding a little bit just thinking about the fact that I get to read it. Well, Jake, why don't you uh, kick us off then? Please, and uh, bear with me as uh, I read these in military time on this website, which... Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> which I, I do know military time, but it's just going to throw me off for a little bit. Um, first game on Friday, January 1st, which is New Year's Day, if you will. Uh, at Goodison Park, we have Everton versus West Ham, and that is at 10.30. I believe this is all Eastern times. Nope, local times. So it is at noon 30. Eastern. It is. It is. Jake, if you want to just announce the games, I can throw in the time at the end in a more no, normal no, form. No, okay. I, I will do all the conversions in my head. It's going to be perfect. All right, all right. Well, Jake, I'm going to pick Everton in this game at home. Brent, I agree with that uh, prediction. I think they're going to defend Goodison well enough and maybe 2-1 victory against West Ham. All right. Uh, moving on, we have Man United versus Aston Villa, and that's at Old Trafford, and that is at 3 p.m. Eastern. Jake, I'm going to go for a draw in this game. I think... Well, United okay. have a chance to go level at the top of the table. They squander those kinds of chances all the time, and this will be another sure. opportunity for that. Wee-oo, 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 oh, wee-oo. I hear it. Oh, yeah, you heard that? Um, that is my surprise pick alert, and I'm going to pick an Aston Villa victory over Man United. Wow, love that. Yeah, we previously talked about their struggles at home, and I think... Um, that might continue a little bit against Aston Villa, and I All think right. they're gonna they're gonna lose. But yeah, that wraps up Friday for us, Brent. So let's move on to Saturday, January second, twenty twenty one. Oh, fancy! Wow, wild. Yeah, the early morning game for us that is at seven thirty Eastern. That is Spurs versus Leeds, and that's at Tottenham. Yeah, Jake, and I'm gonna take a Spurs victory in this game. Okay, um, I think that's probably accurate i'm gonna agree with you um being a little optimistic based on spurs form but yeah i'm gonna go with the tottenham victory all right moving on at 10 a.m eastern we have crystal palace against sheffield and that's at selhurst park and jake this is kind of an iffy one to do this on but i'm gonna give a wheel wheel uh sheffield united are gonna get their first one of the season against crystal palace and i think that's enough of a surprise that it warrants the alarm no, it definitely did. Maybe even like a double alarm. First one of the season? Dude. Yeah. No, it's big time. It's a big that call. big time. But yeah, moving right along, Brent, we have at noon 30 Eastern, Brighton versus Wolves, and that's on the south coast. And I'm going to go for a draw in this one, Jake. Okay. Um, Brent, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I think neither team really sticks out to me as one that's going to pull away from the other. I think we see 1-1. One, one. I was thinking the exact same thing, Jake. Look at that. That's crazy. Um, In our last game on Saturday, we have West Brom versus Arsenal. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that's at West Brom. Yeah, and Jake, I think after West Brom's performance against Liverpool, maybe I shouldn't think this way, but I think Arsenal's going to keep the train running. I think they're going to get another win, and they're going to beat West Brom. That... Is very accurate, and I hate that I keep agreeing with you, but I think Arsenal are in form enough to beat a lowly West Brom um, who are even lower than lowly Arsenal. <laughs> sure. A lot of lows. A lot of lows. Um, but, yeah, so that is what you could call a bottom-of-the-table fixture, at least for now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's our last game on Saturday. So moving on to Sunday, January 3rd. Burnley versus Fulham, that is at 7 a.m. Eastern, and that's at Turf Moor. And, Jake, speaking of keeping the train rolling, I'm going to go with a Burnley win. Fulham, four draws in a row. I think Burnley pull out a dub in this game. 
Sure, and I would say Fulham have their own draw momentum going, and I would hate to kill it, so I'm going to go with the draw. All right. Um, next game on Sunday, we have Newcastle versus Leicester at 9.15 Easter, and that's mm-hmm. at St. James. I think this game screams a Leicester victory 3-1. 3-1. I, I love the prediction. I think it's going to be 2-0, but I would agree with the result. Um, but yeah, moving on to our last game Sunday, which I believe would be our game of the week, is Chelsea versus Man City. That's at mm-hmm. 11.30 Eastern, and that's a Chelsea home game. Yeah, Jake, I'm going to go for a draw in this game. Okay. Um, Brent, I'm going to go with a Man City win. Okay. I think they just have a little more quality and are in a little better form than Chelsea. Yeah, at the a current. little more pizzazz. And Jake, there is yeah. one more game this match week. I will say that. Oh, I, I I know that. Oh, I uh, sorry. Yeah, no, I cut you off. I'm sorry. I thought for no, some reason I, yeah, I, I said, thought you were done. I said last game on Sunday. But, yeah, there is a Monday game on the 4th, um, and that is Southampton-Liverpool, and that's at 3 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern. And that's also on the South Coast. Jake, I don't think Liverpool are going to draw three games in a row. I think Liverpool I win surprised. this game. Brent... I'm going to agree with you. Um, if they didn't draw today, uh, Wednesday, I would I would probably have picked the draw in this game. But no, I don't think they're going to draw three times in a row. Yeah, I think that's a big ask. Um, do we want to do our player to watch? Yeah, very much so. Um, and Jake, I'll just I'll just run with that. Uh, in please, in please, please. lieu of my Sheffield get their first win. I'm going to say mm-hmm. McGoldrick versus Palace as a player to watch. As the only multi-goal scorer on oh Sheffield goodness. this year, I believe. I think he is the player to watch. Okay. Um, and Brent, my player to watch, uh, your favorite player in the world, Ollie Watkins against Man United. And that goes right. with my upset of the week. So glad we both can build upon that. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um. And if you were looking for Jake's bet of the week, it would be to parlay a Leicester victory with a Man City victory. I like it. I like it. Um, But on that note about Jake's bets, um, last week was very simple. I picked Sadio Mane to score outright. He did Mm -hmm. um, in the weekend. And then my player to watch was Suchek, which I want to put my hat on. He scored that header uh, during that match week. You did great. You did great. Um, I'm hoping he does that again for us in our fantasy team this week. Yeah, that'd be great. We had had to make some emergency transfers. We had two available. We transferred out Vestergaard and Lamptey for injury and brought in Dallas and Bednarek um, just because we didn't have defenders to play. Our other two defenders are still injured, Gabrielle and Reese James. So uh, definitely something to watch. But our team going into this week is Fabianski and goal, Stuart Dallas, Bednarek, and Ben Chilwell in defense. A midfield five of Bruno Fernandez, Hugman Son, Grealish, Zaha, and Zucek. And then lastly, we have our front two of Captain Harry Kane and Dominic Calvert Lewin. And I feel good about it. Brent, I feel great about that. Um, we've had some struggles previous weeks injury we and just our defense not performing before the yeah. injuries. Morale is low. Um, no, definitely. But I, I had a little pep talk with. With our team, and I think we're going to do great this week. Oh, thank week. goodness. Somebody needed to. Um, but Brent, uh, the whiskey has run out for me. I'm not sure about you. It, I, I, Jake, actually, I do, I, do, I do know for you. It's definitely yeah. out. No, you know me um, too well. I'm on my last sip of Coors Seltzer, which is nice. uh, great seltzer, great taste, and a great cause. Restoring the rivers. Yeah, save for the every, rivers. Every 12-pack that you buy. Um so I'm going to take this last sip on, on live wow. recording. Wow. That's unbelievable. And frankly, I can't believe that they're <sighs> paying us to have you do that. Are, are they paying us to have you do that? So much money. Yeah, I can't disclose oh, how okay, much they're cool. paying perfect, us. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's um, exciting. But yes. But yeah, Coors Seltzer. Uh, grapefruit is what I'm drinking right now, and it is tasty. So um, all right. I wanted to put that plug in. But Brent, that's all we have for this week. Um we won't be recording together next week. You're going to either be in Anchorage or quarantining in Denver. So that's going to be sad. But the week after that, we'll be together. And that's where I'm really looking forward to and uh, keep my eye on the calendar for that. All right. Yeah, Jake, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, almost as much as I'm looking forward to next week's podcast coming out. You know, where this one's almost done. And uh, 
And we'll have a new one sure. coming out and record it uh, this time next week. Right. And uh, a little longer episode, I want to say, this week. But I'm glad that our listeners are here. Hope you guys will join us next week with the only podcast that has a specific dress code. And Brent, can you please tell the listener what that dress code is? Velvet pajama bottoms. Velvet pajama bottoms. You heard the man. Do it. Yeah. Very specific now. We we changed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No longer just jammies. <laughs> it's velvet. Perfect. I love it. I love uh, it. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. Until then. <laughs>